Welcome to The Strategist, episode 1074. I'm your host, Annalise Klingbeil. With you, as always, Stephen Carter and Corey Hogan. I made a little accident. (laughs) So let me tell the audience what happened (laughs) seconds before I hit record. I said I was about to hit record. Stephen had a cup in his hand. The cups make noise. They create bad audio sounds. I don't care. Listeners here. I don't care about the audio. Yeah, Corey cares. Corey cares. Normally, I've given up caring in the middle of the episode, but I figure in like in the first ten seconds, we should we should avoid that. Okay, that's my theory. So I say, Stephen, what are you doing? Taking a drink. And so he decides, being you know, bringing that older child energy yeah. that he has. There. Yeah, old child uh, energy. Yeah. He just spills the water out of his mouth like a waterfall for the visual gag for me and Annalise. <laughs> for no one else, just for the no two one else. of us. It was funny though. But now, <laughs> and now I mean, I'm all now wet. I mean, be all crotch. wet and cold. <laughs> oh, that's it's not comfortable. Great. It's wonderful. You you did this to yourself, Stephen Carter. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, you're all about the sight gag on this podcast. Sight gags always are hilarious for you. on the podcast. People love them. Yeah. Yeah. With video, it would make a bit more sense. You remember that time we used to do video and then we decided we, we didn't did like used Riverside? to do video? Yeah, it was like Riverside. Did, did you yeah. guys do video or is this a joke? We, we, yeah, you know, obviously, as a longtime listener. Yeah, when you used to host. spend all that time. Yeah, when all, all yeah. the, yeah, you did yeah. do video at one point. We'd like to do it again yeah. at some point. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But it's okay. uh, there, there seems to be a big conflict right now on what T-shirt Corey's wearing and whether or not the T-shirt is appropriate for the uh, actual recording. Well, I will say, like, I normally wore T-shirts still, like whatever I was wearing at the time, and I'm a I'm a change when he gets home from work kind yeah. of guy. But I did always feel like I was underdressed when recording the podcast with the T-shirt on. You know, the few times I was still in a jacket, I felt like this is probably what I should be wearing. But Stephen. Visual gags that you record yeah. on the podcast. Very good. Top of the line. It, we hadn't even hit record. Like, it, this doesn't even work in this scenario where we are doing video. But now you told everyone about it. Would, would you not just that's wear true. strategist, like, merch every episode? Just, like, I mean, that's what You I'm could sell it. Anyways. Yeah. I tried to do yeah. that. Sell more, of those, sell more of those shirts that have they've sold, like, three of them. I did yeah. the pillow. It's I did the yeah. pillow gag on, uh, on Jesperson shorted out my microphone and had to disappear for the next 15 minutes of the show. So that's true. You got to be careful with the, uh, the sight gags. You got to be careful with the sight gags. You do have to be yeah. careful. We've sold a lot more chase shirts. It is, it how is many? literally our best seller at this how, point. How many chase shirts? We're past sold a court? dozen sold. Yeah. Wow. It's unreal. Yeah. Wow. That's, I just want you to know, just wait. A dozen sounded like a bigger number in my head. Before <laughs> <laughs> Considering no one calls it Che but you, 12 is actually I, a lot. I I'll think, give you that. I think, yeah, I think people do call it Che. I yeah, think, no, uh, think, no, no one does. I think you're just out of the loop a no, bit. No one. It's okay. No one does. You're um, also, you're not from Che, so you wouldn't, you wouldn't understand our language. I, no one calls it Che, but 12 people don't have a sh- t-shirt I really that do. says Che. Pretty sure Che's taking off. Yeah. You know what you're not okay. going to get? You're not going to get Tell a cut me. of the Che merch pr- sales. So oh, there you go. Yeah. Corey, me, and well, Zane. I didn't even know merch sales cuts were on the table here, Carter. I'm just <laughs> glad I'm not fired after our conversation last time. <laughs> just glad I'm still here. It's touch and go. Um, okay. Are we talking or are you telling us what you did today, Stephen Carter? I went, for, I went bike riding today. I went out for a bicycle ride uh, with Jeremy Farkas, ironically. Uh, so is he a good bike rider? Is he good at bicycling? Oh, he's unbelievable. 
his uh, biking skills were unexpected. Um, they were really, really something that I wasn't prepared for. So, so <laughs> where, where did where did you bike? It, it, we went to uh, West Bragg and did bragging rights in Merlin. Um, so it was like his first my time heart rate, mountain biking. Yeah, well, he said he'd done it before. Anyways, um, my heart rate did not bust 150, which was really nice. It was good for for me not to to be really putting stress on my heart at my age, as you know, Corey. You're very old. Yeah. 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 So. Um, yeah, it was fun. Okay. It was good. good story, bud. <laughs> yeah, it's good. I went, th- there's a really yeah, nice downhill on Merlin, and I followed behind Jeremy, because that's what a good host does, right? You don't leave the other guy behind you, and I went behind him. Anyways, I need to buy new brake pads, so <laughs> <laughs> that's apropos of nothing. Wow. Things aren't Shots really- fired. The thing, is, the thing is, Jeremy's really good at running and hiking, so it's okay. Well, you know People what? Have different at skills. one point, I was, well, he didn't spend a lot of time on his bike. So that was good. <laughs> okay. Shots uh, fired here. Okay, guys. Uh, Discord is going to go nuts about this, Carter. There's pictures. About... There's pictures up on the Discord. Oh, there are? Yeah. Oh, already? Yeah. In the, in the outdoor channel? You know, I don't like to tell you this, Annalise, but you're like the, the last person to know stuff, right? Like when something big happens you know in Che, you're the last person to know about it. I'm not on the Discord a lot, but I bring a lot of people to the Discord. So it's all good. I don't even know what that means. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, just sit with I mean, it. This is her way just of saying she's it. not on top Carter. of the Tay channel in the Discord. <laughs> I don't. So, uh, okay, guys. First segment. I am uh, super uncomfortable toast? right now, by the way. From the, wa- from the, the water? water? is just. Are we itchy. really having the Is Stephen Carter Toast segment yeah, with Stephen he Carter here? Okay. Uh, Big day, guys. Former President Donald Trump made his first appearance in a Florida courtroom this afternoon. He pled not guilty to federal criminal charges that he illegally retained defense secrets and obstructed justice. I don't even know where to start with this one. Uh, where do you guys want to start? Have you read the indictments? What yeah. stands out? Corey, take it away. So I, I've read the indictment. Um, I actually just got around to it this morning or this afternoon. Um, I just seen kind of the news coverage before then. It's It's pretty damning. Not only does it create a pretty compelling case that he put that he was incredibly careless with national security secrets and it, and the way it sort of lists them near the end yeah. and like these are the classifications and this is the general contents you know american military secrets nuclear secrets more military secrets foreign intelligence secrets really really damning but the other part is it makes a very very strong case that there was criminal intent here the cover up is well articulated in it and it's one of these classic situations where you know, it, the cover-up in many ways almost seems worse than the crime because there's a universe where he didn't do any of these concealing things, like getting his personal aide to move the boxes around and hide the boxes from his own lawyer and hide the boxes from the FBI and from the grand jury. Uh, and he just looks like an idiot who brought boxes without sort of understanding the consequences of that. But but when you sort of follow the trail that has been laid out so clearly in this indictment, you know it just looks very bad for him. It shows the intent. It shows the action. And I guess this is one of the things that I think maybe we can unpack a bit as we go here, but that we're in a weird moment where Republicans are all hanging with this guy still. But one of these things that I firmly believe, and you know, we can argue about it, but there is a lot of evidence of this, is that reality wins in the long term. You can call this sort of a more localized version of the universe arcs toward justice. 
Don't know if that's true, but I do know reality wins in the long term. And I think if people get exposed more to these facts, like the general public, I mean, it's going to be harder and harder to stay with Donald Trump. And there's a trial coming where this evidence is going to be laid out in long form. And I don't, I don't know. I mean, it seems like a very risky strategy for people to be standing this close to that guy accused with what he's been accused. Carter, jump in. Do you agree with Corey? Well, as as you know, Corey's the legal expert on the podcast, and I am uh, the political expert. And <laughs> what I think is interesting in in like this is this is the first time you've seen a president of the United States face charges, right? And it's not happened in Canada either. Like this is unique to our kind of North American media experience, but it's not unique in the world. And there's patterns that develop in the world. And the first is that when a relatively popular president, popular at least with their own clique, if you will, their own side, uh, is charged, or prime minister or minister or prominent politician, um, the first charge, people tend to rally, right? They tend to rally around them. Uh, maybe the second charge they'll rally around. But at some point, there is a, a tipping point where they no longer rally around. And I think that Trump's not there yet, obviously. But there are still the charges to come in Georgia. There's still more charges probably to come in New York. Uh, There's other places where uh, charges could be laid. And and at some point, uh, if world history serves as uh, a guidepost, then at some point in the future, uh, Trump will be seen as Pigpen. And as a result, he will be um, dropped by his people. And I think that's what's happening right now with the uh with his with his support he's got tremendous support and and it's really hurting those people who are running against him in the in the uh in the republican nomination but i i think that they're all just waiting for all of these indictments to come in the next coming months and and year and a half really and when that happens i i think they're they're banking on support falling off like it has in most other democracies um we'll see We'll see if that happens. Corey, you're the legal expert. Is Carter not, is Carter right? No, he is. He's totally. <laughs> I mean, I, there are exceptions to what he's described here, right? You you can look at Israel, for example, uh, for a place where a prime minister has taken a lot of legal hits and is still standing, and in fact has come back from losing an election. So uh, you know, uh, there are exceptions to the general rule that he's trying to discuss, but. Yeah, it is true that in a lot of other countries, this is a little more commonplace, where you see somebody with all of the levers of power and the temptations that those have think that they are above the law and start to act that way. And then you do see this general trend that Stevens described. Now, Americans are big on American exceptionalism, so it doesn't mean that they're going to follow a global trend. If the Europeans are doing it, they probably think it's not very cool. But uh, I do think that the reason why that happens in most of the world is the same reason that I was alluding to at the start, which is, in the long term, reality wins. And the facts are pretty damning, and when the facts come out, and when that knee-jerk, fight-or-flight, I'm going to defend these guys, I'm under attack because I defended this guy in the past, when that's all laid out, when you've created the rationalizations that allow you to back away from the person, your opinions will change, and they can change pretty quickly. And all you need to do is even look in the United States to see, for example, when Richard Nixon was, uh, they voted to impeach out of the House committee, he resigned before the impeachment, his approval ratings were shockingly high mm-hmm. six months before he was impeached. And, you know, at a certain point, the walls come down, you know, the trumpets blow. And I think, uh, I think Donald Trump, I agree with Stephen, maybe not there right now, but I may be there right now. 
you know, getting there, maybe there, getting there. You Carter, know, it looks like you wanted to say something else. Yeah, I did. And there's some psychology, there's some psychology around this too. So what happens is the people will be uh, steadfast until they're not. And the switch happens relatively quickly, but then they actually don't remember being steadfast for someone. Their, their opinion will change and they will actually rewrite their own history of how they got to that place. Yes, they will. And that rewriting of history will be staggering. So one of the things that I'll be watching for isn't necessarily, you know, uh, what happens, but how it happens. Like, you know, will they start to rewrite their own history? Will they say, you know, for example, the QAnon piece? Uh, I would be very, you know, QAnon might be interesting because it may be, it may never flip, but it may be one of the places that flips first because they may go back and re-read Q reread reinterpret you <laughs> to come up with a new rationalization they're going to go to the gospels are they and they're going to that's basically yeah. what they're doing and, and it, it actually the gospels are a great example because the gospels have been reread reinterpreted to fit it yeah, into to the point where it is easier for a rich man to pass through the eye of a needle or a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than a rich man to go to heaven people have contorted themselves in the knots to say prosperity gospels so, yeah but, you know. so it's it, it you know you people reinterpret all the time uh, based on their own uh, desires and needs. And, and I wouldn't expect this to be any different uh, with Trump. Um, but, I mean, Trump's been, to Corey's point, Trump has been different all the way through. So betting on betting that Trump is going to, to behave or that the, the people who are supporting Trump will behave as normal human beings has been a losing proposition. Um, see yeah, Corey's prediction about uh, Jeb Bush. Um which was <laughs> tragic. Which I will I will edit in at the thirteen fifty. Okay. <laughs> let's um, but but let's dig into this like concept that Corey's repeated a few times that reality wins in the long term. Like, do you both of you genuinely believe in the time that we're in right now? You've just kind of acknowledged Carter that uh, things are a little bit different with Trump supporters. Like, do you, you genuinely stand by that? Well, what do we define as long term? So I don't I know, mean, Corey. That's, that's just that's it. it. It can be that's the problem. It can be years. It can be decades. It can be centuries. But in the long term, you know, the corollary in public health is is often said by public health experts: public health always wins. Right? It, these things, at the end of the day, you get on top of them because you have to. Right? And it's much easier to support the truth than it is to support a lie because a lie can't, a, the truth can't be called out for being a lie, like not in a real sense. Right? And so I don't, you know. I, I think that in a world that spins so quickly, I don't think the long term's that that long. I think that we are years away, not decades away from people coming to grips with what Donald Trump was. But maybe that's wishful thinking. I, I mean, in a funny way, I think you're almost driving at this idea of we're in this post-truth time. But I don't know that there's a ton of evidence of that. I think that a lot of what we're seeing is a, a backlash towards a world that is changing and progressing very quickly. You know, you look at things that were very moderate opinions in the year 2000, right? Jean Chrétien, Prime Minister of Canada, liberal prime minister saying marriage was between mm -hmm. a man and a woman, right? Mm -hmm. Boom. You don't need to fast forward very far to see that as like an opinion that not even conservatives would dare hold. Mm -hmm. The world is changing very quickly and in my opinion, largely for the better. Uh, but there's backlash to that. The faster it turns, the scarier it will be to a certain group of people. But in the long term, I think you got to look at this arc and say, you know, globally, people are living longer, people are wealthier, people have more opportunities than ever before. There are fewer corrupt politicians in a global context. And, you know, things are generally getting better because reality does win in the long term. 
but long-term can sometimes be pretty long-term. Carter, anything to add there? Well, I mean, I'll just add that nothing moves in a, in a perfect arc. There's always backsliding, right? And the perestroika in, in the USSR, you know, as it, as it crumbled under Gorbachev, leads us to where we are today with with essentially a, a Russia that is is very backwards. Um, that's that's a normal slide as well. But you know, the this is a, an interesting time because it's propaganda, right? We have propaganda being spouted and there are news networks that that are putting out falsehoods now the last time that major western societies saw propaganda was world war ii and arguably it took us about you don't think okay i think so (laughs) when it was yours sure all right i mean if you look at major propaganda because we had that little moment of really good journalism steven do you remember do you remember in the 90s. There was this company. We used to work for it called Hill & Knowlton. Do you remember what they got in trouble for in, in the Gulf War? Do you, do you remember anything about that? Yeah, but I wasn't there, so it, wasn't, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we'll let it's our listeners Google that propaganda. particular Listen, that's, one. We'll just let people Google that. That, that one. type of propaganda exists all the time, Corey. I'm talking about systemic oh, nation. Okay. He used the word major. Nation. Yeah. He used the word yeah. major. We're moving goalposts. Na- yeah. Define major, Carter. Nation yeah, state propaganda. Oh, and a that, different definition my bad. now. And that my took, bad. I, I was actually trying to support your fucking point. Now I'm not going to. Oh, okay. So Corey was wrong, and it's never going to turn back. <laughs> tell, tell us, tell us why he was wrong. Yeah, was yeah. <laughs> I can't tell you why he was wrong. It's just take it on faith because it's fucking propaganda, and that's why. Okay. So let's yeah. let's play out though these people like the the Republicans that are hanging around with him right now play out like the you know when they start dropping off and then how they spin it i don't know carter you you have some ideas about q but like how do you if you if you've hung around him for this Stephen long is q <laughs> no but let's take oh. lindsey graham right so lindsey graham yeah, play it out lindsey graham in uh, 2015 was saying that if if uh, trump was elected you know republicans would be getting what they deserved right and by 2017 uh he was the biggest suck ass ever right on the donald trump train he continues to be on the donald trump train he's out spinning he's out pushing the the narratives against the indictment to this day when lindsey graham flips back he will flip back and he will rationalize all that intermittent behavior from 2017 to 2023 it will be he was the only one trying to hold trump to account I guarantee you he will be like every one of those golfing trips I went on. um, I was convincing Donald Trump to be a less bad president. And if it wasn't for me, um, Donald Trump would have done heinous crimes, heinous crimes. And thank goodness we caught the bastard uh, when we did, because I've been up close with him. And I can tell you, uh, this is just the tip of the iceberg. Um, And that's what I'm expecting. Like, that's how you'll start to see when you see this switch, it will be a light switch. It will not be. You know, well, maybe I was wrong. They will have, they will post hoc, I, you know, justify their behavior right up to that point, And it will all of a sudden be on the side of the angels because that's how human behavior works. That's how it, un, that's how it unfolds. You know, there's a thing here though, and that's that th- that's not bad. It's actually okay. Yeah, we need to hold people to account for some of their shitty decision making along the way, but 
one of the things that I think the internet hasn't done us a ton of favors on is this never-ending record of past takes, yeah. no matter how bad they are. And part of evolving as a human being is being able to discard your bad takes. And if you're going to be hung with them forever, you don't have a lot of incentive to discard your bad takes. And I think that the Democrats, I think that all of us need to be a little bit better at saying, all right, that was then, this is now, we can all move on. Obviously scaled based on the, the severity of the bad take, and Lindsey Graham has had some epically bad ones. But if you want to broaden it to the overall Republican movement, I do think that the Democrats should be thinking in terms of strategy, how they off-ramp peaceably mm-hmm. these uh, these Republicans who have the position right now that Donald Trump is the bad guy, or is the good guy, and give them a way to kind of hold their head up high as they come to the conclusion that no way actually Donald Trump was the bad guy. Because as long as you say, nope, you used to think this, no good, you know, there's no winning. You won't win one side and you will have lost the side of Donald Trump supporters. And that's the calculus that Republicans are facing every day. Do I wish they had more spine than that? Yeah, fuck it, sure. But they're human beings and they don't. And so we need to think about how these people are brought back to the reality that we want to win in the long term. Because the final thing I want to say here is Stephen's point was absolutely right about Russia and the backsliding. And there's a ton of other examples of backsliding. You could pick many, many. Progress is not time's arrow. It doesn't guarantee to move forward. And people do need to fight for these things. And part of fighting for these things means fighting for the overall societal, you know, cohesion and the well-being and bring people along and in. And if you just fracture, fracture, fracture as you go along, you're not going to like the outcomes at the end of the day. Well, and we see a lot of purity tests in politics, right? You can't vote for the NDP because you don't agree with us 100% on these issues, or we won't let you into our party. We won't let you into our group. And the problem with that is that most parties, most groups are more successful when they have more people in them, more people voting for them, more people. So purity tests ultimately very backfire and holding people to account. Like there is something to be said for holding perhaps Lindsey Graham to account. Right. But if Lindsey, you know, if Lindsey Graham comes to your side, like Chris Christie right now is out there banging on Trump. You know, are you going to hold him to account for his debate prep in 2019, 2020? Or are you going to let the man bang on Trump and then and have his his opportunity to say this is this is the reality that I'm living in now? Um, And I think you're better off to allow people to have that new reality because um, you can bring them together then. Right. Even if they become a more moderate Republican Party, even if they become a new enemy, a new enemy that's a better enemy is sometimes better for society. Yeah, like I've said it before, and I'm going to say it again, like we're in a world that can't forget. So we are going to need to have to figure out how to forgive. And it's okay to hold Lindsey Graham to account. But every voter that voted for Lindsey Graham, are they dead to you forever? Are they burned forever? Are you never going to invite them to a family picnic? Are you going to spit on them if you pass them on the street? That's not going to lead to the kind of healthy outcomes that you want long term. And we need to be able to to acknowledge that people come to different conclusions for different reasons. And not all of them are the most ominous reasons that we come up with in our minds as partisans you know, thinking about, for example, like why they didn't vote for party A or why they didn't vote for party B. You know, if you're a UCP supporter and you're looking at the, you know, you might be outraged by the idea someone would vote for the NDP because you are so worried about the economy. How could you be so careless with the economy you would hand it to the NDP? If you're an NDP supporter, you might think, how could you possibly trust Danielle Smith with healthcare, given everything she said about healthcare, and just be really mad about the idea somebody might support it. 
But both those people are looking through very different lenses. And at the end of the day, you do sort of need to kind of reconcile the fact that we all live in the same city, the all province, and you got to work together on these things. And, and you know, I, the Americans provide such an extreme example. We have a bad habit in Canada of just following them with five years lag. Why don't we try fucking learning from them at this point saying, okay, we don't like what they're doing there. So let's try something a little bit different. And for me, that is putting aside the hyper-partisanship and inevitably when someone says, yeah, but they're actually awful saying, you know what? Okay, calm down, right? And we're all humans. We're all just trying to figure out the best we can. We all have pressures on us. Let's try to find some common ground here. So not to like summarize minutes of what you've been saying, but the fact that humans can like change and evolve and have new opinions based on new evidence, you you guys both like that is what you're saying? I think it's it's essential. I think it's gotten us this far. It's essential. Right? But I, I do think that there's you know, there are there are downsides of that as there are with anything, but ultimately, you know, my concerns with social media is that lies can go really viral. But my confidence in the truth is that the truth is kind of unyielding. And it's really hard to ignore the truth over the long term if you're being bombarded with it constantly. And and so, I don't know, I oscillate between being an optimist and a pessimist about the future. Today, I've decided to be an optimist. And I think that the yeah, Donald Trump indictment... Yeah, but the, the indictment's part of why. Because you read that and you think, okay... You know what? This is reality again, right? This is bringing us a little bit back to reality. And as people are exposed to what's in here, and and it's going to be hard not to, he's going to lose a few points. And and a few points is really all you need to entirely change the calculus around Donald Trump. Okay, last question on the Trump stuff is just kind of the looking, the future looking, the what next, the presidency bid. Uh, what any predictions in the coming months? Oh, he's going to be all over. I know over. you two love predictions. Well, he's got to be all. But this isn't a prediction, okay? This is not a prediction. This is going to be a prediction. You're just not it's, calling it's, it a prediction. This is. Yeah. This is. He's rebranded. Political yeah. strategy. <laughs> what, what, what's the new name? Name for okay. And new the reason for, for okay. the, the, he has to stay in the race. He has to continue to fight. It has to be a political persecution, because if it's not a political persecution, it you know it, it he loses he loses so much. The, 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 I think we best look at Trump not as a political actor, but almost as a uh, a scared child. Um, he has to try and you know sup- get get support in some fashion, and um the political piece is probably his best bet so he will be sticking to the political guns as long as humanly possible even if he drops to um you know even if he dropped to five percent in the polls he's still going to be clinging to this as a political issue Corey, you got any big predictions well i you know more than scared child i think he's a He's a cornered animal. Yeah. We've described him this way in the past, and I, I believe it. Like, he's just instinctual. He lashes out. He bites. He looks for windows to jump through. And that's all he knows how to do. He's he's pure fight. And um, he's going to continue to just recreate the past in his image. He's going to talk about the... You know, one of the things that was so interesting about this indictment is... The collision, you know, it makes even spin really hard because Donald Trump for the past, I don't know how many months has been saying, and it was a lame, stupid line when he said it, but he's like, as president, I could declassify anything. Just by thinking about it, I could declassify it. (laughs) And now there's tape, there's a recording of Donald Trump saying, I could have declassified this, but I didn't. This is a secret document. You can't look at it. Like literally the opposite of the thing he's been saying for the past couple of months. 
you know, his challenge at this point is he's primed his supporters with these lines. And part of why I think I'm a bit of an optimist on this matter today, that they're going to go out there and now they're going to have to deal with like for months, the gullible water carriers of Donald Trump have been saying, well, he could have, he just declassified it before he left. It's like, well, we literally have the guy on tape saying he didn't declassify it. What do you go from there? Like, there's nowhere to go from there. So, you know, you're going to have to eat a lot of shit to just be licking that guy's boot that hard. And so, uh, you know, I, I think that if I'm Donald Trump, what I need to do is I just need to flip this table over and change the conversation entirely, which is what I believe he's going to try to do. And he's going to say, and this is the classic Donald Trump. He's like, it didn't happen to it's not a big deal. And it, they did it, and it's even worse what they did. And you're seeing an awful lot of that now. And uh, and so imagine those stakes are going to be kind of framed further and farther. Like, that's the conversation he's going to have over the next bit. He's going to create this false parallel between his actions and Hillary Clinton's actions. He probably won't even deny it. He'll create this parallel between himself and Joe Biden having documents in in his garage. He's already been saying this. You're going to see an awful lot less from him. That's arguing that what he did was okay, and more of it's not a big deal, and they're just being selective in their prosecution. Okay, uh, let's uh, let's leave it there and move on to our next uh, segment. Our next segment is called Three Arms. Speaking of reality, AI guys, um, Anthony Furry, who's running for mayor of Toronto. <laughs> He is making news for a campaign image. Can you say that image. again, uh, Elise? I, I didn't quite <laughs> did hear you, what you said. Do you see how I got nervous before I? Yeah, said you. It? Yeah. you shit yourself. I got a really nervous. Bit. Yeah. Uh, in his forty-two page platform that shows a woman with three arms and then a dude with like kind of only one arm. I don't know. Maybe the arms tucked in. Um. Anyways, social media was all a buzz about this like terrible AI image. Media have done stories. Uh, I, kind of a, a initial question, but then I want to talk about this broader topic of AI. I know, uh, Corey, you're a fan. First one, what do you think this is deliberate? Like, what a great way to get eyes on your on your platform. So I was talking to Stephen earlier today because you asked us the question, "What do you think we might want to talk about?" And I said, "Hey, that that uh, mm-hmm. you know, Fury picture is pretty interesting to me." And I was talking to Steven and I said, there's another topic about this I want to talk about, but I'm not going to tell you now. I'm going to tell you on the show. And it was that. Do Corey, you think it was intentional? Corey, look how much we're on the same look page because we're, oh, we're both second oldest. We're both second oldest children. Like we're, t- yeah, we're not so like missing. the older child. Crescent Heights, just, second oldest yeah. children. Yeah. Look at us. Yeah. Do you, do you like, I, okay, well, let's get into it. Do you, do you yeah. think like if platforms are boring, they're long, there's a lot of pictures, way to bring eyes to it. Yes. Well, so this is the thing. If it was an accident what a happy accident because this is one of these things that so there's this whole school of thought that the shittier you make your creative you put in typos Stephen will know all about oh this. i've never He's done any of these stop talking like that never ever yeah. ever but you if you you know then you get the conversation about the piece in ways that are really only disqualifying about you to people who have already written you off. Like it's, you're not, nobody's going to not vote for somebody because of like, well, I was going to vote for Fury, but now, now that I've seen that his AI image auto generated a third arm, well, fuck it. That guy's dead to me. Like that's not going to happen. Could happen. But he sure pulled a lot of eyeballs onto his platform as a result, because I'll tell you the first thing I did was like, is this real? And so then I went to try to find the source document, which is of course exactly. the platform. 
right? And so uh, really, in a way, like how else are you going to get a conversation about your platform if you don't have something like this? Well, and, well, and Car- Carter, you can speak to how hard it is to get uh, media coverage during a campaign, right? And so it's like that social media buzz. Like, yeah, I don't you speak to it, Carter. It's brutal. I mean, especially when there's a gajillion candidates. I, I've given up trying to count them all. I mean, what was there, 90, 101 or something like that? Um, there is no... Like it's, there's just, it, it's impossible to get coverage. And even an AI generated image, um, like Corey, how much does it cost to get a subscription to a, uh, you know, like a, a, a simple, um, gen, you know, image yeah. bank, right? Like dollars, nothing right now, you know, right? Like if you're doing a, and, yeah. and you can probably, you know, buy it piecemeal because you're only using it for a brochure in an obscure Canadian market. Like it, it's just not going to be that big of a, of an expenditure. And for some reason they used AI and I'm like, I don't understand that. I don't understand why you would use AI when you've got perfectly adequate technology in and the, the that doesn't generate people with three arms, frankly, um, you know, like, <laughs> like, like a camera, like a camera or, you know, yeah. stock imagery is, is often used. It's not a big deal or sure. But like nowadays Photoshop. there's so many free stock image options as well. Like if you go to unsplash.com, really high quality, free stock photography. Hang on. Are we, that's well, a, that's are a free thing. us. Oh yeah. No, oh, no, no free. Uh, yeah, way to go. Uh, oh. okay. Did you guys see to the, um, I don't know if I can find it. The response from his campaign, like it, when you say the happy accident thing, the response from his campaign was like very cheeky and good. Yeah. Um, like it referenced the three arm thing. Uh, oh, I don't know where the exact quote is, but it, so do, do you think it was intentional or do you think it was a happy accident? No. So here's what I think. I think it was an accident that somebody caught and then said, you know what? Let's go with it. That's a little fun. Let's see what happens here. That's what I think. Happened. And then do you, do you think they planted the social media, like the beginning of the social media stuff? Like who's who's looking at this 42 page platform and they see it? Some geek. Uh, Someone a, on our Discord. Yes, somebody will catch yeah. it. Yeah, Discord person. <laughs> that's true. Someone yeah. on our Discord. Yeah, I'm surprised it didn't originate in yeah. our Discord, actually. Um, there are lots of, of people who spend a lot of time looking into stuff like this. And they would have found it. But I, I, I again, I'm not sure that's the most likely I do think the most likely path is 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 very similar to what Corey described. Um, happy accident. They discovered it in the middle of the the proofing process, and someone said, "Let's just do it." You know, what's the worst that could happen? We get a million eyeballs. Uh, let's let's do it. What? Let's go for it. And they're totally right to do so. I mean, it's uh, it's going to go in my little box of uh, great ideas over here. Yeah, you're putting it on the what, yeah. card now. What else yeah. is in your box of great ideas card? Oh, so that was a whole has, episode you didn't a, pay attention yeah. to again. Jesus Christ, <laughs> Annalise. Like, I can't keep covering for you. I can't keep carrying you like this. You know, like... <laughs> how, how long ago How long ago was it, Carter? Oh, it was a few weeks ago. It was during the election. Yeah, it was during the election. Oh, wait, was, no. Yeah, yeah. It was, this up. Oh, you no, did a whole episode talking, about your box of great ideas. Not a, not a whole episode. episode. Oh, Zane was okay. the host, and we talked about great ideas. Probably started lunches. listening. <sighs> but you, you pulled out of your box? Zane's question asking was too much for yeah, you. You just, thought, geez, I can never keep <laughs> up with this ever going to get guy. to the point here? Oh. I listened to his last episode about melons. Well eating yeah. watermelon. I'll notice that you didn't say it was good or anything. Yeah, it was good. No, 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 we heard you. That was strained. That was strained. It was good. Uh, Okay, but AI, 
should should campaigns be using AI? And if and yes. if they do, should they be be disclosing it? Like the the media no. stories that I read about it was like this wasn't disclosed. What a big deal! And like, should it have been disclosed? Why? No. Like, counts. do you disclose if you use Microsoft Excel? Do you disclose if you use Spellcheck? No. It's a modern tool that's now used for these things. And the line between what is like needing to be disclosed and what's not needing to be disclosed is something that's blurry and moves all of the effing time. And this kind of use of AI is going to be considered so commonplace in a couple of years. And it's so innocuous. Like, it's not as though this is AI of like Jean Chrétien standing next to Fury giving the thumbs up like that. (laughs) Yeah, that's not right. You know, but like random conversations with random people about random policy. Yeah, okay. I mean, stock image. does stock imagery need to be disclosed? This is a question I'll throw back to yeah. you. Because if you don't believe it does, then you sure don't need to disclose a generated image. Okay, next question. Why is AI so bad at hands? Yeah. Oh. Like, do you, do you know? That's a genuine yeah. question. Why, why do mean, they always add or d- delete hands? What's that all about? You know, because hands are tricky. Hands are tricky for artists as well. Like, the, yeah, and an additional arm is a little bit wide. No, you, you're forgetting the principle that it's AI is bad at math. If you ask math questions to AI, it totally Rachel Notley's it. And when that happens, <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> I thought I'd try no, that. that's not I what thought that's I'd not try what's it. going. Actually, I thought I'd try that. So AI is getting better at hands. If you look at Stable Diffusion Five, they've largely resolved the hand problem because you know. They're leaning in on the hand problem because it's something everybody points yeah, out. But I was yeah. also looking at Stable Diffusion 5 today, and I thought, you know, the sand thing is really working out. <laughs> <laughs> was that, that was after your bike with uh, Jeremy. Ford. I was on the bike because yeah, I was but... waiting for Jeremy to come up the hill. <laughs> I was like, Jesus, Hands Jeremy. are hard. You've got to think about how generative AI works. It, wor- it works based on patterns and, you know, it's it's looking at many, many images and it's determining from those images what's supposed to be in there. It's not a it's not a brain. It's not actually thinking. And so if you get the odd image where it looks like there's three arms coming out of somebody, it doesn't know, oh, humans only have two arms. It knows there's a 1% chance it'll look like they have three arms and it's going to generate something like that. A couple of fingers concealed, you know, these systems aren't thinking like there's not a foundational intelligence behind it that says, yeah. oh, this is what this always yeah. must look like. It's great at pattern yeah. recognition. You know, you can you can train it on millions of images. If you put a million images of a dog in and it can see the four legs of the dog in 900,000 of them, that's still 100,000 images where it can only see three legs of a dog. And so it's going to run into those kinds of problems until it's fine-tuned and trained. And over time, how this works is they actually pay people to say, yes, this image is good. No, this image is not very good. Lots of interesting reporting coming out of it in terms of GPT-4. But... They say, no, that's not a dog enough times on the three-legged one because it has three legs. Mm-hmm. That training will ultimately get it to realize there's four there's legs on the There's going to be dog. a whole community of three-legged dog owners that are going to shit down your throat. Uh, you know what? I'm not saying... Okay. That is... You are going to get some... That was a good point, Carter. Yeah. People love <laughs> three-legged dogs, Corey. Three-legged dogs are awesome. In fact, I cut one of my I'm dog's legs off not... today <laughs> when I was waiting for Jeremy to get up the hill. Okay. Well, thanks for taking the... <laughs> <laughs> now it's coming. Okay. Yeah. Uh, great. Bit of a rabbit hole. No, I, the year you know a lot about AI. Great lesson. Next question: Did you look? Did you go look at his platform? And did anything stand out to you besides the three arms? That's a fascinating question. 
Yes, but no. You know, so you did I did go like look I, at it. Well, but very quickly, and so I didn't actually dwell on it or sit there. But and, and as you were asking the last question, I was thinking, was there anything really interesting on that page? Because it would be a good piece of evidence if it was intentional, right? Like some bold text that gives like the thing you want to hear people understand about uh, Fury. But I, I actually don't remember if there was no. Okay. And I wasn't going to go look because, uh, you know, didn't care. Yeah. It's not really yeah. your stuff. Why would you do research? I don't do details, yeah. really. Hey! Yeah. <laughs> you and I just said the you same thing. You know what? Thing. The... <laughs> The generative work that we're doing with you is not working as well as we were hoping. <laughs> you know, we were hoping for longer questions, a little bit more enthusiasm. You know, we're trying to give you positive feedback on these things. It's happening right now on air. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. So conclusion there is happy accident and no one should disclose AI I don't think well unless it's like a fake endorsement, photo endorsement. Yeah, like I'm curious your thoughts, Stephen, but I feel pretty strongly it's just a tool. Totally. I mean, I I generated a letter using AI the other day. I mean, big deal. You made Rachel Notley's voice at our live show. (laughs) There's no evidence (laughs) that was me. I'll tell you that might be the like, what's the line? What's the line of where you should if I per- when you're impersonating someone, then you should disclose it? Yeah, I mean I, I was pretty clear that, that was AI. That was very clear that, that was AI. But yes, as it was. as AI becomes better and better, it will become more and more important to to put a line around it when it is portraying something that is that that does not exist. And that I think that that's ultimately the point that we have to worry about. Like, yes, this, this particular no. photo doesn't exist, but the fact that it's not specific, that, that it doesn't specifically exist is not material. Right. So it has to yeah, be a I material, mean, material piece. That's yeah. Like, I think there needs to be like an intent to mislead. Yeah, and that's ultimately something that let's put it this way. Like I, in some ways I think this is a solved problem because again, if you go to advertising standards, if we actually held politicians oh, to go. the same yeah. level as advertisers. But you, we don't. So why do you keep bringing this up? Like we're going to, because at some we point, could. we're not ever going to do that. We just had an <laughs> entire could, election in Alberta based on misinformation and you know, no one's going to, you, you win with misinformation. You win by telling people what they want to hear. We just learned well, that lesson. Easily again. could apply yeah, but, these but Corey's particular standards. Being a super optimist tonight. I'm an like, optimist. Yeah, I'm. Tonight. I'm more yeah. on your train right now, Carter. I was on the Trump stuff, but Corey's like he believes. What's wrong he's with an him. optimist? Like, he he had this brush with death by being sick the last couple of days, and he's come back. You know, positive and optimistic. Strep throat. The worst. I had strep throat. Yeah, yeah. whatever. You know, <laughs> brush with death. I don't. I, I wouldn't call it a brush with death. I don't really care what it was. was. All I care about is that we didn't get a recording in for like two days. You know, Annalise has had to jump yeah, in to fill in for talk Zane. two days ago. All right. <laughs> think of how much better Here's a podcast the, it would have been if you weren't talking all the time. I want to unpack this a tiny, tiny bit. Oh, okay. Yeah, let's do it. Stock images. Stephen, I'm going to th- rapid fire at you here. Stock images. Yeah. Okay without disclosure? Absolutely. Okay. Um, artists' renditions of things. Okay without yeah, disclosure? Absolutely. Photorealistic artist renditions of things. Okay, without disclosure. Absolutely. AI generated. Okay, without disclosure. Yep. Okay. Unless I mean you're trying. Did, did that go how you thought it was going to go? No, for I mean it? that's exactly. I this is what I was kind of hoping. Like, what's the, what's the? There's going to be. We need to do a lot more work on this. 
uh, as society and, and in politics. And the thing is, society will do a lot more work than we will do in politics. Politics will be the last group to to change because politics and politicians will just get too much out of it and it will be too good. Some, you know, this 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 election, I mean, there's going to be the the AI on Trump and um, and uh, Biden is so good. There's going to be video this term, this election that, that we won't be able to tell uh, was AI generated. Yeah. So again, I think we just need to hold politicians to pre-existing standards. We need to hold people to pre-existing standards. We don't have any standards currently. This pre-existing is the word that you're using that doesn't exist. Pre-existing standards that don't exist are called not standards, Corey. So if Coca-Cola released an ad that had Adolf Hitler drinking a Pepsi, that would not be a legitimate advertisement. You couldn't do that. that. Does that standard exist in politics? Ancient footage has been discovered Does of Adolf that Hitler only standard drank Pepsi. exist in politics? Answer my question, sir. It easily could. You know what? We're going to get, we're gonna get comments. In, we're going to get comments on the Discord again that we took over from Annalise, and they're going to be cranky with us again. <laughs> I'll tell you this. Wouldn't even require legislative changes. All it would require is the Ad Standards Council to say, okay, we're actually going to do this for political ads now, too. So, Court, is your you're point that no, that. it doesn't apply to politics, but it should? Yeah. My my point is we're trying to make this issue more complicated than it is, and we're trying to find solutions that are actually not great solutions. And there's a very easy and obvious solution available to us, which is you can't lie. If we could agree to you can't lie in a political ad, then we'd be in a much better place than trying Why to, do I have say, to tell okay, your but truth. In this political ad, Why do I have to tell your truth how do you in my define political a lie? ad? The same way they had standards count. Like, listen, this is... Oh. What is the material effect of it? Does it leave you with an impression that is not truthful? Is the standard that's used in advertising. So you can't, for example, have big text and then little disclaimer text. You can't say things that are missing a certain amount of context. I understand why ASC doesn't want to get involved in these things. Guess what? This is pretty important stuff. And somebody needs to actually be less of a nihilist about whether political ads are are so deeply untruthful. Yeah, well, it's not not? going to be me today. So there you go. (laughs) Okay, next segment. (laughs) Guys, we're doing three segments. It's happening. Our next segment is called We Didn't Quite Get to Our Goal. Um, So Rachel Notley was in front of media uh, today for the first time Uh in two weeks since the election. Uh, They'd been asking her to comment on the election. Um, So she did a thing this morning. There was some text going around. People said, is she going to step down? She did not step down. She told reporters she is taking time to consider her future and she has not made any decisions. And she she framed the election loss as like not quite getting to our goal sort of thing. Um, I guess just a little debrief here. Is that how you should frame an election loss, especially one that was this close? What, What are your thoughts there? Well, I mean, is there, you know, I'm going to do this one first because you've done first all the Yeah, go for it. And I've been paying. Yeah, you know. Right. Um, Go for it. Live that dream. uh, Now I forgot what I was going to say. Corey, do you want to, do you want to take the first (laughs) crack at it? Uh, Well, how about this? How about I say, this is a press conference that needed to happen at some point. She absolutely knew one of the first questions, if not the first question was going to be, are you sticking around? And so, in my opinion, this solved the that challenge and served that purpose. It, it allowed her to say, okay, this is my way of saying I'm not going away right now. I know you have this question. I'm going to think about it for a bit. 
And she's she's doing what we would expect people to do, which is she's strongly signaling a future course of action. She's not committing herself to it, but she's suggesting that, yeah, she's seriously considering stepping down. She's suggesting that um, it won't be immediately. No doubt. Let's put it this way. The thing Rachel Notley should do if she wants to step down and the thing Rachel Notley should do if she doesn't want to step down is the exact same for the next year, in my opinion, mm-hmm. right? It's to be the the training wheels for that party, see what it can do in the legislature, get that caucus rolling, and then decide where you're going to be. Because you don't want to leave for a new leader three and a half fucking years until the next election. Oh my God. Like that's that's a bad kind of cadence to set up on. And you're not doing your party any favors because we don't know these new people yet. We don't know if Cord Ellington's any good. We don't know if Samir Kayani's any good. We we need to see them in action. We need to sort of understand how they fit in their legislature and fit in their role as legislator before we can reasonably decide who... I just picked those two names. I have no idea if they're interested in the leadership of the NDP. But my point is, we don't know. And so for us to know, she needs to be the leader for the next bit. Her having this particular... Um, this particular press conference for me was a way of saying, I'm just ripping this bandaid off. We're going to have the conversation about we being here or not. I'm clearly signaling that my, I might not be here, but I'm not stepping down tomorrow. You're not going to see me step down every time I call a press conference. You're not going to do that thing. And I'm going to, uh, and I'm going to talk a bit about how we're going to move forward from here. And I'm going to help shape that future in my role as leader. Yeah. Carter, I'll ask you because Corey. Yeah. I mean, I was just going to say great answer of some question, Corey. Uh, She, yeah, no, it's all all good. He, he like laid everything on the table. We can now pick apart. But my, my initial question, Carter, was that it, uh, Notley framed the election losses like we didn't quite get to our goal. She was asked about it and to reflect on it and that sort of thing. Do you like that framing? Like how, what's, what's the strategy when you're standing up there and you've lost? I mean, I don't think that it could be more true in this particular case. They didn't quite get to their goal. I mean, they were, what did we say, 7,500 votes away from from our prediction, my prediction, my specific prediction, the one that I made uh, being correct. <laughs> um, you know, that's not a huge gap. That's not a huge difference. And so, yeah, we didn't quite make our goal. Couldn't, you know, there may not have been a more true statement made about this particular election um, than that one. So... I don't have a problem with her standing up and saying that. I, um, I think that Corey's right too. Like I think, I, I think that there's one more reason that Co- that she should stick around uh, for a little while, and that is that the conservatives have a leadership review that's required to go through, and mm-hmm. they're you know the conservatives don't have a great history of protecting their leaders even after election victories, and one could make the case that this is the worst election victory for the conservatives in forever. So, you know, and I suspect that there will be opposition people who are doing that, not MLAs. People always think, well, that must mean the MLAs are going to revolt. These MLAs don't have a spine collectively amongst them. I mean, there's there's almost 50 of them. They're, they're, they're currently trying to find just enough vertebrae to put one spine together. Um, so they're not going to take any actions. But, you know, and no disrespect to Searle, our good friend Searle Turton, who I believe has at least two vertebrae himself. Um, so, but this, you know, if there is a if there's a snap situation, remembering uh, as Corey brought up in the last podcast that you didn't listen to, Annalise, uh, I did listen to it. Um, you know, Pierre Elliott talked Trudeau, about zucchini and honeydew and yeah. cantaloupe and watermelon. I listened, and now we got in trouble for not bringing up canary melon by my wife. Um, but 
you don't want to take a walk in the snow and then all of a sudden Danielle Smith loses and uh, David Parker's elected leader and half the caucus walks away because David Parker's a nutcase. All of a sudden the government falls and boom, we're right into another election. Um, then Rachel Notley has to come running back. We don't want that. She wouldn't want that. She needs to stay in place until at least we see what happens after the the leadership of the UCP. And then she can start to showcase her her talent on the uh, on the on the NDP side. Why are you making that face, Annalise? It's freaking me out. Are you okay? You got gas? you had lots of steps at the end you're like this can happen than this and all of a sudden david parker is uh well that was, is that premier. was like, going you, a little bit too far but david parker <laughs> david parker that's, surely, that's why i was making that face you don't like david parker it was just i no, thought no, you were gonna run lot, his campaign it was a lot of heard, steps well of course you, it's a lot of steps but, it was a lot of steps and, and then and you're like and then this is gonna too. happen therefore yeah it's far-fetched it may not you just threw that it will not happen it will not happen okay but here's my point it could happen Right. And so she should stick so, around until it doesn't happen. And then when it doesn't happen, um, the MLAs will have had a chance to figure out who they want as their new leader. And the members will be in a position where they can choose who their next leader is, um, because right now it's a one member, one vote. And uh, those processes can be very easily taken over by outsiders like me. So I'm probably going to be next <laughs> I'm this probably is soft launch. Shot, is shot this fired. Soft, soft this is a soft launch. launch. Soft launch. <laughs> it's a total soft launch. <laughs> um, okay, Corey, did you want to say something, or should I ask another question? I I actually don't think that was on the pod. Wasn't that just at breakfast with Zane? We were talking about Pierre Elliott Trudeau, but that's the comp, right? Pierre Elliott Trudeau was leader of the Liberals, lost in '79, um, had announced his resignation. Then the Clark government falls and he basically rescinds his resignation. You know, the party executive blessed it, of course. And then he wins in the 1980 election and he continues to be prime minister for four more years. So I think Stephen's point's a good one. Like this is a pretty well, your shaky, so uncertain you may, You're agreeing with your own point. <laughs> yeah. It's a little I'm, yeah. typical. <laughs> But it, <laughs> but he's he repeated it. And that was really smart. He claimed it as his own. Yeah. No, I did not claim yeah. it as my own. I credited Corey. <laughs> That's why he was trying to figure would... out where he said it. It wasn't on the podcast at all. Yeah, it wasn't on the podcast. I've not heard this before. But the idea would be if if we're in similarly tenuous times, it makes sense that you don't you don't pull the trigger too quickly, right? Like just see how this plays out for the next bit. It was a wild ride for the first six months of Daniel Smith's premiership. Let's see if the next six are kind of the same, because I don't know if she, she survived six months like her first six. And I think that's Stephen's point. And well, I think that's point, a solid point. Actually, yeah. <laughs> it's just back to your point. OK, so that that being said, if you are an NDP MLA who wants to succeed Rachel Notley and we're four years out, possibly from the next election, maybe sooner if Carter's uh, all his steps happen. Um, what, what are you doing right now? Strategy strategy wise? Um, you're holding a press conference saying that uh, Rachel Notley couldn't get it done. Rachel Notley's a loser. No, you're not. And, get out of here. Okay, that's not the right thing to do. That's the exact opposite thing of what you should do. <laughs> <laughs> but some of the listeners thought that it might be a good idea. And those listeners should stop listening and go and listen to the Curse of Politics. Because <laughs> you're, not, you're not good enough for this podcast. Corey, what, what should you be doing strategy-wise? Just, just <laughs> you're just going to leave the- me? 
You're just gonna take yeah. my one like funny you're not, answer. You're not that's, even. That's it. Your one funny answer. It's just a yeah. funny answer. People like the humor. Yeah. They love it. Yeah, it's the feedback on the surveys. <laughs> I think you are. There's going to be. Your script hasn't really changed. There's still a leader. You support the leader. This is the advice we'd give anybody in any of these situations because the person who comes for the queen doesn't get to become the queen. And um, and so you've got to show a certain loyalty to the party. Certainly, if you're in the NDP, you need to show a certain loyalty to Rachel Notley, who got you your job. You are here because of Rachel Notley. Every single one of you, except for, at this point, David Egan, who you know is part of the same class, I believe, right? And so... The, um, you know, the reality is you, you, sh- there's no light between you and the leader still. And you let Rachel Notley make that decision on her own terms. And I just don't think that her position is particularly tenuous, but there are for sure more conversations happening now of, yeah, but if she decides to go, what are you thinking? Where would mm-hmm. you be? What do you think needs to happen with the party? Absolutely. This is happening. Um, you know, I think Stephen could say firsthand, I could say firsthand, people are reaching out and having those reach out conversations about where people. Well, I'm think certainly not having go. a coffee tomorrow about it. I don't want any <laughs> speculation that I'm having a coffee tomorrow. Okay. About it. Now, another soft if somebody one. sees you having coffee with somebody, oh yeah, you know, pieces are going to come together here. Uh, uh, so I was out for a walk. Just the yeah, other day. Are you t- are you telling the story that just I know? The other day. Yeah, this is good, Corey. You and heard and I'm I'm okay. like and my, Two days my dogs ago. are down at the river. I'm with Usman. We're talking about the surge, the Calgary surge, your basketball team. Yeah, Calgary surge. And uh, yeah. Calgary surge. I'm down there, and and the the, the, the the water, the dogs are playing, and the dogs find another dog to play with. And it's this this woman, rando, complete rando, rando, completely random. She comes up and she says to me, "Are you one of the strategists?" She recognized his voice. From my voice, Corey. That's yeah, a brand, I... baby. That's a brand. Yeah. yeah. Can I take over? Then Stephen Carter was riding high. Best day of his life. No, this is not the truth. Yeah. This is... 100% This the is... Truth. This is... Total, total random saying, recognized him. I'm just saying... That we... Out of context. Best so day this of his happened life. To me, this happened to me at a restaurant in 2016. Um, up in Edmonton. Yeah. Yeah, you have to go back. Somebody that at the far, next hey, table over. The Auckland. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, <laughs> I don't get out to restaurants very much. Yeah, these I'm just days. saying that's, that's really you know because it happened to me with I was with Gondek and Notley one night and you know it just it, Lululemon. Car- do, Carter, do you remember when when I don't think Corey knows this when Carter called me to be like, hey, do you want to host a strategist? He's like, we're kind of a big deal. I get recognized in places. Yeah. <laughs> and then he told me the Lululemon story and the Gondek and Nolly story. Yeah. These stories are all atrocious. This yeah. is this is a little indulgent. I got to tell you, Steve. Uh, hang on this a second. I'm not sure how. Look at that smile on I his don't, face. I don't remember telling you that we're. I'm kind of a big deal. I think you inferred that. I <laughs> no, think no, you inferred you, that, that. You were like, you're like, come help us on our podcast. I'm a really big deal. People actually listen. It wasn't just me. I said probably Corey's a big deal no, and I tag you along. You took the credit. Okay. Uh, uh, Let's move into our lightning round, guys. Oh, I'm um, not going to talk about us being recognized? Okay. Anyways, lovely young, lovely woman, young, because I'm ancient, uh, doctor. Husband is actually the real listener, but she said to me, and this is the thing, these are the words that are going to haunt me for quite some time. I go to sleep listening to your voice and I wake up hearing you. <laughs> I'm like, my wife doesn't even hear that. Okay. That's not even something that happens with my All wife. Right. This is like when I told you people listen in the bath. Um, okay. Okay. <laughs> 
lightning God, that was <laughs> true story Corey. that was a true story so someone excited. told me that when i started hosting okay uh lightning round it was breaking news on friday when you guys were recording i know this because i listened to your melon episode now that you've had some time to sit on it um the resignation melons? of david david yeah which one's your favorite no resignation of david johnston is there is there anything any final thoughts on this that you that hadn't formulated yet on uh, on Friday when it kind of was happening live as you were recording? Well, we got the benefit of seeing the reactions of the parties over the weekend where Singh and Polyev said, yeah, we'd be, we'll meet, we'll try to figure this out. And we saw Dominic LeBlanc, I believe, saying, yeah, we're open to an inquiry, but it's got to be a real inquiry and it's got to be terms we can all agree to and all of that. And so it does seem like the liberals are walking back pretty quickly from their previous position and that we are going to end up in a public inquiry pretty quickly. Yes, the liberals still have the ability, I think, to say, well, those terms are junk. We're not going to do an inquiry. We're going to do a special rapporteur. But it felt like that was the sort of Damocles he was dangling over their heads, but kind of a plastic one, like a fake one, one I'm not very worried about. And it does feel like this is all lining up towards, okay, we're going to have a judge. We're going to have a public inquiry. Let's go. Mm Mm-hmm. I think it, it was actually the first moments of maturity that I've seen on this uh, file. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that brought me some some happiness. You know, everybody was basically saying, we're going to try and get together on this. And I think that Canadians and the media really have to work hard to hold their feet to the fire because this isn't just, you know, the, the liberals have made this happen type of situation. This is us uh, potentially having foreign interference in our elections. And uh, damn it, I'd like to understand what's going on and make sure that it's not actually happening. So it's serious. And I was happy to see maturity from uh, little baby pee Next question. Sorry, I'm getting um, some sirens here. Drama in the yeah, neighborhood. Drama. Oh, no, it's okay. You hear they're that they're going Jay. to Che. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, guys, Alberta Premier Daniel Smith had a tweet recently that showed her doing like normal person stuff. She was washing dishes at the restaurant she owns with her husband. Um, the National Post uses to write like an advertorial for her restaurant. I don't want to get into that. What I do want to get into is this idea of politicians like showing the public that, hey, I'm a normal person. Um, yeah. I think it's something we didn't really see from Kenny and we're, I don't know, maybe it was just a one-off, but like, do you, do you think that's a good strategy to show like, Hey, I'm just like you, I do the dishes and we own a restaurant. Yeah. I think it's a great strategy. It humanizes, it shows us, um, you know, her character. It would have been even more interesting if the, if David had been in the photograph. Um, but I, I think that, you know, the big smile on her face uh, in, a, in a dish pit um, showed us more about her character. Like, that's the character that I know and like, right? That's the character that I know, and I like that character. The crazy premier, I'm less fond of, less fond of that, that character. Corey, yeah, couldn't, what's your take? Couldn't agree more. She, uh, this is the kind of thing that is quite humanizing and it's quite personal, and that is, you know, the Danielle Smith that, everybody who knows her personally really loves, right? She's super friendly. She's super helpful. She's always going in of her way to be nice to you. And um, I think the more she can expose that side of herself to Albertans and the less she can be 
changed by the David Parkers and the Take Back Albertas of the world, uh, the better for her, I think, for her long-term prospects in this province. Um, because, you know, there is, and we've said this since day one, since before day one, if you want to talk about like pre-campaigns, Danielle is super likable in a one-on-one sense. And the more she can bring that forward into kind of her public persona as well, the better served she will be. Because like that is like sincerely her. And you say, yeah, David wasn't in the picture. I feel like David took that picture. Oh, yeah, for sure. Right? It's like, yeah. yeah. Oh, look at you. You're the premier and you're washing yeah. dishes and takes the picture. Like, that was super sweet. Like, that was a great moment, in my opinion. And I think to the legions online who are pointing out her lack of proper footwear, like, just you're not doing yourself yeah, any stop favors. being an like, asshole that, that is like a parody of what people think a left winger online yeah. is like, well i'm um, actually you're not wearing the proper ohs approved footwear in this restaurant you own like that's the thing that, that was people a, use that was a thing i oh, missed yeah. that was for sure a oh, thing. No. you didn't see that no i oh didn't. much discussion about that zoom ins on her feet for like no. a, two hours on i think it must have been sunday night my timeline was full of zoom ins on danielle smith's feet oh, no. which i did not need but yes this was a thing and um feet you know pit. this idea that government is going to be so big and in your life that if you come in to help your husband run the restaurant and pull an emergency dishwasher shift and you're not wearing the right shoes you're going to get a ticket that's that's kind of like a parody of like this left-wing state right don't be those people. Uh, and, you know, this is, again, like, zoom out. Look at the overall picture. It was a nice person helping out. Yes, it's a restaurant that she owns. But, yes, she's Premier of Alberta. And I don't necessarily expect her to have to take dishwashing shifts. And so, you know, that was nice for her. You know, and we can let even our opponents have nice things. That's what I'd say to anyone online who was trying to tear it up. Yeah, leave the hey. leave the being an asshole to the professionals. Corey and I got that taken care of. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to leave it there. That is a wrap on episode 1074 of The Strategist. My name is Annalise Klingbeil. With you, as always, Stephen Carter and Corey Hogan. <laughs>